What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Symphony Podcast. Today, we've got Morgan Hackworth, an outside back for the San Diego Loyal, joining us. And tons of stuff to talk about, sports, athletics. Uh, the mental side of sports is where I'm really curious about uh, asking you, Morgan. And Matthew's here as well. Matthew, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm stoked to have Morgan on the show, too. I uh, just got to meet him recently, actually, probably a couple months ago for the first time. And we're both uh, down here in San Diego, so it's fun to get him on the pod. Tell me you met in the ocean, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, but yet, it was uh, through a common friend that surfs. So the surf community is always just like wrapped together somehow. Word. Awesome. Yeah, and no, I'm excited, man. Give me a couple sentences intro on just where you're from, You know what uh, your upbringing was like, and how you got onto the path of professional soccer. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, excited to talk today, especially about root strength uh, and all the stuff <laughs> you guys are doing. Um, but yeah, so I, I grew up um, in Florida. Um, I've been playing soccer since I was can even remember. My dad was, uh, is a professional soccer coach um, in St. Louis. So I kind of grew up around the game of soccer. Um, just always had that passion and love for it. Um, as I got older, I moved to Philadelphia, um, soccer started to get, um, more intense, more of like, this is something that I want to do, you know, as long as I can. Um, and I obviously always had that dream of, of playing when I was a kid. Um, and it really became a reality once I got to college, um, and did really well there. And then, um, got to go become a professional soccer player. My first year was in Memphis, Tennessee, um, and then I have been in San Diego for the past three years now and been loving it. That was a very concise intro. Wow, there's so much I want to like, <laughs> yeah, there's so much I want to unpack within that, but it's, I mean, that's great. Yeah, uh, did you play any other sports sentences. growing up? That was dialed in. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a lot. Sorry, what was that, did Matthew? You, I was going to say, did you play other sports growing up too, or was it just soccer from like an early age? Um, track and field um, was big for me growing up. Um, I ran cross country. Um, those were like the only other sports that I was like really into growing up. Like I'd play basketball with my friends, flag football, you know, all the stuff. But when I got to high school and I was running track and field and then going to soccer practice, I was realizing like how much it was taking a toll on my body as like a freshman, you know, like 15 years old. Um, I was really fit, but I was like, I got to pick one of these. And soccer was always the thing that was, you know, like uh, the most important thing to me. So I was like, all right, at this point, I have to take it seriously. Um, and then I dropped track and field. And I was bummed because I wasn't able to play like varsity. Like I wasn't allowed to play on my high school team. Um, yeah, they make the you club, sit out a year. Yeah, well, the club I was on was so intense. You sign like a document that says you can't play high school sports. <laughs> so like all my wow. friends are like, oh, you oh, got to wow. play on the team. And yeah, you're not allowed. So. It got serious then, but yeah, those are the only other sports. Is that probably when it started to feel like you played soccer professionally then? Because that's, that's where I would like to talk about too, is just like that mental switch between like, oh, I'm playing, this is my favorite sport, I'm like playing with my friends, I have a coach that like, you know, the results matter and my performance matters, but like not in terms of if I can eat or like pay my rent or like no one's paying me to play this game right now, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, when did that start? And then kind of how did that switch things mentally for you? Yeah, um, it started pretty young. I, I would say like when I was a freshman in high school and uh, then I was playing on academy teams, which is the highest level for a kid um, at that age. So I was playing on the highest level teams, and then I was playing really well and starting. Um, and I started to feel like how intense soccer is. When I was growing up in Florida, it was good, but it wasn't as intense as then when I moved to the Northeast. And I'm like, wow, like every kid from every city is like a baller. Like everyone's so good. So it was competitive just to get onto the team that I was on. So I felt that then. Um, I really felt it when I was still freshman in high school. Um, I got an opportunity to go to Argentina to go on trial for a professional team. And I lived there for um, just short of a month. And that's when soccer really was like, like wow, this is people's livelihoods here. 
um, going down to Argentina and just seeing like these kids are like you pretty much said it, but they're like fighting at the age of 15 to like feed their parents and families and like get them a life like you know like a life to grow um and it's through soccer um i rolled my ankle and then was sent back home the very next day <laughs> so like that was my first ever like rejection of like wow soccer hits hard when that happens because i was like loving argentina i was getting um the hang of spanish like i loved the people there and i was seeing myself like signing for this team living there for a couple months or a year who knows you know, my journey would have been super different if I had signed on a team then. Um, but that was the reality of the situation that happened. And then, um, yeah, and then since then, it just kept getting more intense. I wasn't allowed to do high school sports. Like, uh, it became my every single day. Like, you're training every single day of the week, you know. Um, and the guys that are trying to take your spot every day in training at that young of an age, like, it, it really was intense. But that was sort of when that shift happened, like, mentality-wise. I was like, man, if I want to do this, I really do have to be, like, locked in. I love it. So what do you think, percentage-wise, what percentage of sports is mental versus physical? <sighs> um, <laughs> well, I do in my free time. I don't know if you guys know this, uh, but like in my free time, I'm an ambassador for a company called Soccer Resilience, which is all mental strength training. Um, so literally what I do in my free time is I work with um, kids from like as young as nine years old to college soccer players. And I just talk to them about the mental side of the game. Like how can you grow that mental side? What are tips and tricks you can use every day to sort of like use the most um, underappreciated component in sports, which is like mental, mentality. So for me, I think it's huge. Um, you know, you look at some of the best players in the world and they're not always the, the biggest or strongest. Like Lionel Messi's the best player for sure, goaded. And, you know, everyone told him he was too small to ever even be a professional. But that like willingness that you see he has, like, I think the mental side of the game is honestly... The, the biggest component, what separates guys that make it and guys that don't. What so are some of those? Go oh, ahead. I was just going to say, what are some of those practices that not only you incorporate, but that you're helping the, uh, the other people that you're working with incorporate into their, into their lives? Yeah. Well, I love how this all ties together because it goes to you guys too. And you guys are doing like um, with root strength is it's breath work. It's like, how do you find your breath in the most high intensity, high stress moments like when everything is telling you in your mind negative outcomes and being scared of them, how do you then find your breath, find calmness, and then put positive thoughts in your brain? So it's, it's a work every single day. When I go to training and I don't practice my mental breathing or my mental side of the game and I play like shit, I'm like, I'm like wow, what was I doing wrong that day? And I was like, oh, I didn't do any of my mental work, you know? I was going to add just like soccer. I remember I, I played Eastside Football Club, which was like the top club up here in Washington. I was on the B team. I, I, always, I was one of those guys coming for your spot but never was able to take it. And, uh, yeah. and I remember my coach one, say, one time saying the thing about soccer at the professional level that's so remarkable is that you might only get, especially as a defender, he was also an outside back, mm -hmm. he would only get 15 to 20 touches a game, if I remember correctly. So you're out there for 90 minutes, but you only get a few moments where you're actually like, you have to be 100, I mean, you have to be 100% composed the whole time, but that ability to just like hone in and not make a mistake when everything matters in that one moment, that's the skill that I respect so much with athletes. They call it the clutch gene on, on this one podcast I listen to. They mm -hmm. always joke about who's got the clutch gene, but yeah, it's the guy who wants the ball in their hand at the end of the game or whatnot. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to hear, yeah, more about how you kind of cultivate that, like beyond breath work is, has like, what's the journey been there? Because, uh, I'm sure it wasn't always, you weren't always at the level that you're at now. Oh yeah. Anything um, else you can add there? No, that's a great question. And it's, it's interesting. Like when you think about how many small actions you get and any part of the field, really, like, it's really interesting when you look a team as a team because everyone shares the ball and um, works together, but like your actions as an individual sometimes can be so limited. And that's where like the stressful part comes. It's like, man, if you only get a few opportunities and you mess up each opportunity, like 
they stack on you and they feel heavy and you're like, man, I suck. You know, like these things happen every day just in training or games or whatever. So like that mental aspect is learning. How do you like appreciate when you get your opportunity to take the most advantage of it? And like most of that starts with first like a healthy self-talk of like confidence, like making sure that you have been working hard for something like you know, just your first touch, whatever you work on. But if you work on these things and then you get into games, you just sort of get into like a flow state. A lot of athletes like to call it like where you're just doing what you've done since you were a kid, right? Um, and yeah, so once you get into that, it takes a long time. And you alluded to it also that I haven't always had that. And for sure, that was like a huge case for me of like um, low confidence um, in college. Like I had terrible confidence and I had to go through some struggles of, like, not even playing on a team. Um, So those things really weigh on you. And then, like, the mental thing is, like, getting past it, you know? Yeah, dude. Yeah, totally. It was always the – I mean, also being five foot nine playing basketball was a big hindrance for my (laughs) professional athletic career. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm super curious to hear more. Matthew, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Sorry, I was actually just moving because I was in like direct sunlight, like right in front of the window. So I feel like it was like right on my face and I started sweating. So I had to move a little bit. And I also Um, love that what you talked about, like working hard as the foundation. Like if you know you're working hard on something, when you get to the game, there's no question about like, do you deserve it? Do you should you have confidence? Like for me, when I'm uncertain about myself is when I just haven't prepared enough. mm -hmm. Like when I haven't put in the work. Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's almost like finding those activities that allow you to, I mean, you said it when you said return to the breath, right? So it's like, it's almost about under any circumstances, can you come back to your body, to your breath and just like compose yourself basically? Mm-hmm. Cause you know, there's going to be all these other variables going on. The crowd's going to be screaming. Your heart's going to be beating in your ears. Like you're going to be gassed, winded, probably like a little bit beat up from the game. And it's like, how well can you snap yourself back just into that zone yeah. on a split second and I feel like that ability comes from what you're doing off the field and like how you're cultivating a mindset of positivity and like groundedness mm-hmm. um, throughout the rest of your life and so I think that's really cool that you've kind of grasped, grasped that because I think you're spot on you know like that is what makes such a difference uh, at the professional level is because like talent is going to be like you said like when you start to play at higher clubs you're like oh my god there's so many ballers out there like and that just continues to happen the further you get up the chain. It's just like people are talented. Like the level of talent is going to be difficult. So like how else can you set yourself apart other than just being a freak athlete? And I think that's super important. Um, but I was going to ask, do you do you meditate or do anything like with mindfulness or anything? Yeah, um, I do do a little bit of meditating um, here and there to work on it. What's really interesting is that our team this year meditates. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's really cool, but, and I love it because I've, you know, I've been preaching on like breathing and meditating, um, as an individual. And then we do it as a team and like, it's crazy the difference that it makes. It's such a small little thing, but after an intense training session, when maybe five guys want to like punch another guy in the face or like had the worst training session of their life and are just like, you see the stress that they have. Or you have the best one ever and you're like so high on your horse, you know, when you meditate then after training, like we literally all just lay down in the grass, close our eyes and our coach sets a timer for like three minutes and uh, we just lay there. And like some guys maybe don't do like meditation, like count their breath or like, you know, try to release all their feelings. But just that stillness that you create, like guys get up and they look like they're like a new human being, you know what I mean? So I love it because it then... It separates this part of like, all right, when you go to work, like when you go to train, like it is so intense, it's really high stakes um, and you're just working your ass off. But then in that moment of like meditation, you come out of it just very like balanced, um, which helps the team like tremendously. It's helped us a lot this season, like from when we meditate and then when we forget, it's noticeable in our wins and losses, but kind of all we know that. Yeah, it's really interesting though. 
There's so many things that I remember in high school looking back on that were just terrible training practices that we were we had to go through. Like my senior year basketball, or my my team, uh, actually my sophomore year, we made us run on state to the state tournament, and all the seniors were so good. I was like the eleventh guy on the team, or whatever. But three of our five starters went down with injuries throughout the year: broken leg, sprained ankle, because. We would train for two and a half hours, or we would practice for two and a half hours and then have an hour lift as like 15, 16, 17-year-olds. Literally, everyone just got injured. So I'm curious (laughs) to hear like that just last year, just this most recent year, you guys are adopting like new new practices. And I think um, that's one of the reasons why it's cool to talk to a professional athlete because they're on the cutting edge of like (laughs) what what's possible and, you know, the best protocols, things like that. I'd be curious to hear kind of on the injury prevention side, physically, what does your movement practice look like? Are you doing yoga? Are you um, working with physical therapists? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. um, I don't think we're like the most cutting edge, but we're definitely doing like a really good job over the... So when I got to San Diego Loyal, we were a brand new team um, that just started up, you know, uh, from the ground up. Like I was one of the first players in. So I've seen the club throughout three years grow massively in what you just talked about, which is like injury prevention, like um, physical therapy, medical staff, our lifts. Everything now is like tailored to like a lot of uh, mistakes in the past till now, like we have it pretty dialed. Um, where, yeah, a lot of it is what you kind of said. We, we now have like resources and all of those things. Um, with yoga we still sometimes do weekly yogas um you know when we have our rehab days like after a game um our uh, medical staff will take us through like a whole hour of just stretching um so just injury prevention stuff but just staying loose like rehabbing um and then we've dialed in lifts like we really don't do a ton of lifts throughout the week um before a game and depending on the schedule but we'll lift twice a week and do a day for lower body and a day for upper body. And it used to be like trying to elevate those, those uh, things that you want, you know, like either upper body or lower body, whatever it is. Now it's like become very strong on the, the maintenance part. You want to maintain these levels that you're at. In preseason, you can try and elevate whatever you want, right? But then when you get in the season and it's long, you're just maintaining like what you've already been working on throughout the year, whatever it is, you know? Um, so those sort of just like little things are, are some things that we've done differently now. Um, we've also, we track our data every day, like our running. So how much we do on the field during training, they'll know like, Oh, the guys ran really hard this week. Let's go lighter on Friday or let's go lighter on Thursday. Um, so we've got a lot of resources now, but, and I don't know entirely all like the information on them, but, I know yeah. that they're doing a pretty good job on them. You guys wear whoop straps or, or all as a team? We wear, uh, I think they're called catapult straps. Yeah, and they've got like a little pod that goes in the back and they track our data that way. Cool. No one's slacking then. Yeah, no, and if you forget your, <laughs> if you forget your pod, you get fined. So that's always, that's always funny to see who forgets them. <laughs> wow. What are the, like, what are the... I guess during the season, what do those upper body and lower body days look like in the gym? Yeah, so today we did lower body, um, and today was pretty low. Like, you just do a couple RDLs, so like three sets of RDLs. Um, If guys want to do squats, it's either with um, the, uh, not the normal, like, bar on your back. What's that thing called? Hex bar, maybe? Hex bar. Yeah, you're doing hex bar mm-hmm. squats. Um, and then it's like single leg, what you want to do for like balance wise. But it's just three yeah. things, three sets. Keep it clean. Don't push yourself. You have the rest of the week to train, right? Um, yeah. And you like guys are professional. They know not to push their body too hard. So it's you go in, you do your work. You feel like, all right, I got a little bit of a pump and I feel good. Um, you know, and you put your stamp on that workout. Yeah, that feels like a much more sustainable approach to just keeping those levels balanced like you were talking about. Okay, one thing I want to ask because we've gone through a similar experience just with learning how to surf like later in your life. And so I want to know like A, what that process was like, but also B, 
what is anything that you've learned from surfing or the experience of learning how to surf that kind of translates over to your mental side or even physical side of your ability to excel in soccer also? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's interesting, but like surfing aside, kind of, I've just found a balance of, you know, soccer is like every single day for me. Um, and it can be really stressful sometimes. Sometimes it can be the best thing ever, but most of the time it's a lot of hard work and um, a lot of, you know, stress on the brain, on the mind. So when you get off the field, it's like having a balance in life of things that you enjoy, things that aren't going to kill your body, but, you know, can get your mind away from the game for a little bit. I've seen so many professional athletes that, like, it's not terrible, but soccer's like everything to them and it can eat them alive. Like the rest of their week because of a bad game can affect them for that week, you know? So I've always wanted to try and like find a balance. And for me that, that came through surfing a couple other things like being outdoors and hiking, but being here in San Diego and having surfing as a resource. And like when you asked about meditation, that for me is like my meditation. When I get out in the water, um, and, you know, just sitting there on your board, the day can't, sometimes might not even be good, like conditions wise, but you're just sitting out there on your board and it's like nothing else in the world matters, but where you are right then. So you just feel like super present. It's my sort of meditation. It's my like world that I go into to get away from soccer and just be present. Um, and so more than the physical side, just mentally, it, it helps me feel when I come out of the water, I mean, I'm sure every surfer feels this way, but they're just so stoked and you feel so happy and like uplifted, you know? I also find, I'd be curious if you felt this too, but like when I surf early in the morning and then do something else, like whether it be cardio or weights or just yoga, like later in the day, I feel way more mobile mm. and flexible. And I feel like it's just like, there's an ease of movement that kind of, and an efficiency of movement that comes from having surfed earlier in that day. Like it almost opens up your body in a different way. And, uh, which I think translates to athleticism, like in a really cool way. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I heard a couple of stories about, um, some guys on LA galaxy on the MLS team that used to surf before training. And I always wondered if, uh, if they like stuck with that throughout the year, we trained pretty early. Like I'm up at seven and having to leave at seven thirty to get down to Chula Vista for training. So I really haven't ever had a chance to like surf and then go train, but it'd be super interesting because I feel that same way. Like if I have an off day and I have a run that I have to do or something later in the day, I'll start off with a surf and I always feel like super light and like, like very uh, energized after a surf as well. Do you sleep uh, seven, eight hours? What is your sleep routine like? Yeah, they, they monitor our, our sleep too, so you really got to be trying to get the eight hours. Um, yeah, I'll try to get eight. Sometimes it's it looks like six or seven just, you know, because that's how sleeping is these days. But, um, yeah, try to get my eight almost all the time. So they're really, really tracking you, man. Yeah, they want to make sure everyone's doing the, the right things, you know, staying in line. But most guys are, so are had, pretty good about it. Yeah, I wonder how these like professional athletes then stay out all late partying, ended up on boats <laughs> in Florida. You know? Yeah, well, there's that. Or maybe they don't. Disconnect from the game. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, as an athlete, they, they need that. You know, They're, Especially the best players in the world are going already back into their season, and then they have the World Cup this winter, and then back into their season again. Like they, right. I think they had two or three weeks off from last season. So like these Crazy. top players in the world, like I, you know, my hats off to them because when that break comes for me, it's like get away from soccer, you know, relax for a couple yeah. months. What does that break look like for you? Like, what do you typically do in the off season? Um, I'll usually use my off season to travel. Um, I went to Bali my first year as a pro. Uh, was gonna go to Barcelona then Morocco last off season, but COVID messed that one up. Um, so after that mess up, I'm kind of just like going to chill out, stay in San Diego, um, and just kind of like relax for the two months, month and a half we have off. Yeah. Yeah. Why leave? I feel like we're in vacation. Land <laughs> yeah. Down here, as it is. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Are um, you guys getting those fires down there? Do you see the smoke? No, 
No, no it's fine. further north. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, this is kind of a good, I feel like we've been talking a lot about like the mental aspect and kind of like finding that centered place and efficiency of movement and breathing. So that's kind of a nice transition in to talk about, uh, the experiment that we're doing, um, together with wave neuro and the brands, uh, specific, well, actually we're doing it with both root strength and shroomy. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically wave neuro for those listening wave neuro is a place down here they're like a brain health center they do eeg brain scans to determine kind of how your brain is functioning the different types of um, waves that are going on throughout the day when you're processing information and kind of run diagnostics basically on how well you process information and how high functioning your brain is operating on a day-to-day basis and then they also offer like brain stimulation therapy through these crazy awesome headsets that they have basically where they can correct there's like alpha waves and beta waves and theta waves i believe and one of them are like the sleepy waves i'm kind of forgetting which one is which i know alpha waves are kind of like the up energetic one that you want going consistently throughout your day um and so basically if they do a diagnostic on your brain and they see certain dips in certain areas they can stimulate the right wave during those times to basically train your brain to correct itself in those ways Fascinating stuff. I don't know all the science behind it. We'd have to get Jay on here to talk about that. But recently, we decided to run an experiment to kind of test the efficacy of the uh, like the mushrooms that are in our products. Because there's a lot of studies that are going on that show lion's mane specifically has the ability to kind of regenerate neural connections in your brain that may have been damaged for whatever reason. Um, and so we wanted to take athletes or just people kind of in the community who haven't really tried functional mushrooms before and get them on a protocol of taking our stuff every single day for three months and doing a brain scan before and after that three-month period and just seeing if there's any neurological changes that we can point to and kind of be like, you know, this stuff really works. It's um, There's some science behind it now, and it's just... But mostly it's just been a reason to kind of connect with Morgan and check in with him week to week, see how he's feeling, see how he's liking the products, and... So I'm stoked to hear kind of what your experience has been with that so far, how you've been enjoying the products, any unique differences that you've been experiencing, um, and just, yeah, kind of all of it. Yeah, for sure. And what what are you taking? What products? Both Root Strength and Shroomy? Yeah, so I'm taking both. I'll take about um, two Shroomies like a day, sort of in the middle of the day, and then maybe around like four or five. So I've been taking like two a day, um, and then I've been drinking Root Strength pretty much every morning. Um, I've tried the kit coffee. Um, and I think we both talked about it earlier, but it's like, it is hard to cut it completely out. Um, just for us that love the taste of coffee. Um, but I've been really consistent with every day, just drinking root strength in the morning, um, instead of coffee. And then before every time I work out, I've been drinking, um, then putting two scoops in, you know, a workout shake or whatever. I always go the hot, the hot water way. I just like love the taste. I actually, you know, I think it t- just tastes like hot chocolate. So it's great. Um, so that's kind of been my regimen. Um, and I've been loving it. I've really, really loved it. It's, uh, it makes me feel like balanced throughout my day with coffee. Now, when I have coffee as my little treat of like, Oh, just, I'll be at a coffee shop. I'll get coffee, whatever you really notice then the side effects of after the withdrawals of having coffee like that yeah that like jitter the caffeine hit that you'll get after the the trouble you have falling asleep just after like one latte you know um so now after this time how long have i been doing it now i mean it's been like a month uh, and a half. i meant to check before we hopped on but yeah i think it's been about a month, month and, and a half, half. So about halfway through yeah so the experiment yeah. so it's really opened my eyes now to like when I have a cup of coffee, I know what's coming after. Like I used to just drink coffee and, you know, drink it all day, all the time. And I kind of feel, you know, like my body isn't right. My head's all over the place, stress is up, whatever. Um, but now I really know, like if I'm going to have a little bit of coffee, I know what's coming after. And that's helped just through taking root strength and getting to a place where like my brain feels really balanced. And so do my energy levels. Um, I've loved taking it before workouts, before training. Uh, the one interesting thing that I think we've both talked about is how you feel your breath, how you literally just can feel your lungs expanding and coming in and out. Um, 
so for that, like, it's been amazing. Um, with the shroomies, I, you know, honestly, I don't know if I've noticed anything exponentially that's changed in my mind or, you know, the effects of them. Um, but, you know, still sticking with it every day, it'll be interesting to see through the wave neuro if these things have shifted a little bit. Um, but with the root strength that I've been taking every day, I've, I've absolutely loved it. Um, and as an athlete, you need energy, but you don't want to be jittery. You don't want to be like anxious. You don't want to be, sh have your body be stressed. And that's what coffee had done to me for a long time. So it just feels good now to like know that I'm in a balanced place with my mind mentally and my body still has energy. So you take like a scoop in the morning just to get going, two scoops if you're going in for a workout, not necessarily, you're, you're not drinking it like right before training, but you're drinking it in the morning to kind of just as, as your coffee replacement. Yeah, it's uh, it like, it's hard to explain, but I don't eat breakfast, yeah. so I fast in the morning. So, cool. you know, coffee used to be my only thing or whatever, but now with root strength, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one scoop in to my cup and just have it, I'll be sipping on it before I'm about to go out for training. So it's not really like I'm using it as pre-workout, I guess, but I'm, it's still that thing that's going to get me energized, you know, up for the day or meetings, whatever it is. Yeah, I like that. I'm big on the fast game too. So do you, do you like to work out on an empty stomach or do you typically eat before you work out? No, I love it. I, I don't eat before training. Um, it's something new that I've been trying to do as well, um, wow. but I've absolutely loved it. It, uh, it was hard at first because you just felt very like light and fatigued. Um, but when you get used to it, when you like know what your body can go through mentally, you know, it's, it feels really good. I feel very light and you know, whatever, whether it's mental or whatever, but like faster and more able to just like hop around, be light on my feet. Um, and as a soccer yeah, player, you know, twinkle toes, you gotta be light on your feet. So. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Speak, yeah, you should take some dance classes too. Maybe just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or some salsa. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's super interesting. With the, I I know we connected about that before too. But the that's the main thing that I realized with the root strength as well is just like how efficiently you're able to use your breath, even when you would event, even when you should be fatigued. Basically, mm. it's like it helps kind of keep that steady rate, even though. I don't know. I tend to breathe through my nose a lot more when, and I kind of try to do that anyway when I'm working out, but just kind of in general, because I guess you can actually get more oxygen into your lungs if you're nose breathing, which is kind of counterintuitive because it feels yeah. like you're getting more from your mouth. But apparently it's more efficient to breathe through your nose. I feel like root strength really helps me do that. Um, and that was kind of like, like you said, like for athletic performance, kind of what you're looking for is a very aware mind and you want to have like an alert mind but more or less a relaxed body that can kind of just adapt to whatever's needed at the on a second by second basis and so that's kind of really how we tried to formulate this formulate root strength was like okay let's get the lion's mane in there so that it's going to light up your mind so you're going to be aware you're going to your senses are going to be you know on high alert um but then your body so what cordyceps do, that other mushroom, it actually helps your body produce more of this molecule called ATP, which pumps energy and oxygen to your muscles and lungs. Mm. And it kind of like kicks in as you start exercising. Wow. And so literally it just helps you circulate oxygen throughout your entire body at like a much more efficient rate um, than you would be otherwise. Because usually we have like a pretty steady level of ATP production going on in the body, but cordyceps really kick it into a different level. Mm. So that like efficiency of breath and movement comes from basically your body just operating at a, at a higher level in terms of like how it's pumping and distributing energy and oxygen to all of its different components. So it's like, it's really fascinating and knowing that and then feeling that from the product is like a pretty cool experience. So I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, it'll be interesting to see if there's any changes when we do that follow-up brain scan, sure. but I mean, even if not, like, it's been cool to just kind of keep track of it along the yeah. way, and I'm glad you're using it every day, and I'd love to get the team on it, too, at some point. Yeah, what's interesting for me, too, let alone what we're going to see um, through Wave Neuro, but, like, I am for sure the fittest I've been in my career, and, like, I've been doing a good job of with my fasting and, you know, like, still working out and doing well in training, whatever, in games, um, but this has really, like, helped me feel that way. 
with coffee, I'd like have a headache or like, I'd be like, man, I got to get some food because my stomach would be so messed up. Um, and so I, I never really felt like fit. I felt jittery. It was like a false sense of like, that this is helping me. And, and yeah. you know, it's hard to explain and I'm not really saying the right words, but with roots, totally get what you're saying. Yeah. But with root strength, I have felt this like really nice balance and consistency with like just my fitness alone. Um, so it's really, it's really been awesome. And yeah, I, I tell guys today I've, I was making, I was brewing it up and everyone comes up to me and they're like, is that the mushrooms? And I'm like, yeah, you got to try it. So I always hand out sips and guys are like, yeah, I, I think I could do this. So Dude, <laughs> we need to give you like 10 more jars, get the whole squad on it. I know I'm trying to get our, our, <laughs> our, uh, community relations guy to, to get in touch with Matthew and, and maybe get that going for the team. The guys are interested. They're Once, interested in it. Yeah. Once we get those rebranded jars, I'm going to just send you guys a whole, a whole case of them. Oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah. I was going to add two things. One is I noticed a shorter breath when I drink coffee. Like I'll be sitting editing or working and I just find yes. myself like, Oh shit, I haven't taken a deep breath in like a couple hours. Yes. And then I'm like, well that, why am I anxious? Why do I feel like shit? Okay. Uh, and then the second thing I was going to say, you guys know Earl Thomas safety from yeah, the oh yeah yeah, yeah. He's, yeah reti- he's retired now though he's yeah, retired right? yeah. yeah uh part of the legion of boom back in the day uh he used to just i just wanted to add this in because you said you you didn't eat in the morning he used to say he doesn't eat breakfast on game days because he likes to be hungry for the games like just <laughs> wow, you know mentally it. physically that's awesome that's so cool. and dude honestly there's probably something there's something wired into us because we've been uh, you know we evolved from a hunter-gatherer society where when you go out to hunt something, you might not have food for a couple of days. And mm-hmm. I've only done a 24 hour fast, but from people that have done longer fasts, you actually get more focus and energy into those second and third and fourth days mm. because of the evolution totally. of humanity of humans. So because th- you're hungry, yeah, tapping dude. into those primal, primal things that we got oh, yeah. going. There's a lot of science behind that too. That David Sinclair guy who's literally dedicated his life to studying like longevity genes essentially said that the number one thing you can do to live a long life is to just eat less like fast in some in some capacity yeah um just because it does exactly what you guys are talking about like it heightens your senses and it like kicks in these basically like defense mechanisms that are actually positive for your body because it puts it like heightens all of your senses because you feel like you're going into survival mode, which is, I guess is good for the longevity of your brain and body. It's so and it's so interesting because I I haven't done any research at all on fasting or like the stuff you're saying <laughs> nice. is new to me and I I love it. But it's so interesting because like I just started doing it because I was like, when I eat breakfast and go train, I feel sluggish. Like my stomach would hurt. This has happened my I've been doing this my whole life, but. Um, you know, like I feel sluggish, I feel slower, I feel like I'm still digesting my food as I'm training. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to try it. Like with the root strength, with this new, all these new things I'm trying, I'm going to try fasting. And not only do I feel better now working out and training in the mornings, but like mentally I'm like, wow, I don't need all the food that I thought I needed throughout the day. So it was really interesting related to like what you just said. Yeah, especially too, because I feel like we're we've been raised in that in that way of thinking of like, oh, breakfast most important meal of the day, like <laughs> yeah, got yeah, right. you know, all the yeah. way throughout the day, like, and look what that's doing to us as a country too. Like, there's no wonder, literally, we're like the country of diabetes and, mm-hmm. and obesity. Yeah, get that glucose like, train going early. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting, too, to kind of, like, equate it to animals, like, who are hunting, you know, like, wolves or any type of predator animal is going for sometimes, like, days without food, and I feel like that's when they become the meanest, is when they've just been, like, on the hunt, like, trying to get their next meal, you know, so it's, like, I think there's really something to that, like, what Earl Thomas was talking oh, yeah. about, like, going into game Morgan, like that. Just tell me you eat meat, dude. I do eat meat. I do eat meat. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Kyle sweet. always tries to... <laughs> No, I'm gonna stay out of it. Go. Boy, Matthew, do you not eat meat? I just had to ask. I no, don't I eat meat. meat. I, and the rest I have of no problem with it. Yeah. I I literally I have been plant based for the past couple of years, like mostly for just like physical reasons. I just personally feel better off of that diet. I don't think it, I'm not sitting here saying it's the right way to do things or like it's even a better way to do things. It's just what's like worked for me but kyle always tries to get me back on the on the it's meat just side a running things, joke so. yeah. <laughs> i love that i'm 
I'm, I'm the only guy on the, but on I the am, five of us yeah, that eats meat. Yeah. I am curious, though, like what your diet is and like how you, what your relationship to food is also. Yeah, I, I used, I tried, um, I went vegan for almost like six months when I, uh, my first year in Memphis. And it was hard. Like, it was a hard transition for me. I don't think it was the right time to try, you know, being vegetarian, whatever. Um, I definitely wasn't, you know, eating the right things even on that diet, like way too much pasta and carbs. Like, you know, I was eating so much food to just like, I was Mm -hmm. eating like two protein shakes a day just to like be able to go to training the next day. So it really wore me out. And um, like I said, I probably wasn't prepared for it. Um, And then when I wasn't a vegan, I then maybe like my first year in San Diego, was hard still figuring out food wise, like what to eat as a professional athlete. Like it's hard to find the balance. Um, and even like last year still, you know, not really finding it, but we do get meals. Like we get, um, you could get breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Cause we're at the, um, uh, Olympic training center down in Chula Vista. So they have a full cafeteria, um, for the Olympians that are there year round. So, you know, we get this great benefit to have these great chefs for us every day. Um, utilizing that at like lunchtime is like now my diet consists of root strength in the morning at lunchtime. I kind of go ham. Like I'm known as the eater on the team. Uh, <laughs> like it starts with, a like just a normal salad. Um, and then I'll fill up a plate of like three pieces or four pieces of chicken, rice and vegetables. Um, and then, you know, they have specials and stuff, whatever throughout the day too. Sometimes we'll grab those. Um, and then dinner is always sort of the same thing, like rice, salmon. I eat a lot of fish, um, red meat kind of like once or twice a week. Try not to have it all the time. Um, but yeah, lots of chicken, lots of fish, lots of rice, lots of vegetables. That's kind of the diet. I do cook. Yeah, me and my roommate cook a lot. Um, so yeah, we're, us- we're usually cooking pretty good meals. <laughs> When was the last That's time you had a donut? Oh. <laughs> um, you know what? If if our goalkeeper has um, a clean sheet, if he doesn't let in a goal, he brings in donuts for the team. So nice. I had one like three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been three weeks since he's had a he's had no goal scored on him. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> We're winning though. We're winning games. We're winning. So that's all that matters. Yeah. How's the How- season? How is the team? Like, how's how a how are you guys doing in the season? And b like, how's the team chemistry? Like, how do you like playing for these guys? Yeah, and, yeah. Just what's it like? Um, well, first of all, I love my teammates. I love my team. I've been on this team for three years, sort of since the start. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. Our coach is Landon Donovan, so he was oh, a cool. Yeah, so he was a huge. I mean, he, like, you know, he was an idol for me growing up. I've got tons of pictures Same. of him as like a, when I was a kid, just getting a picture with him. Yeah, he was so good. So to have him as a coach now and to have him as a coach for the past three years has been really cool. Just to learn his knowledge of the game is, you know, you're learning from one of the best American players in history. Um, So it is really cool. And it's great to learn from him every day. The rest of the staff are great coaches. So I always feel like every day I'm improving all the time. Um, and the team itself, we've become a really good team. We're second place in the West, um, out of, you know, uh, 13 teams, I think are in our division. And then there's 14 in the East. Um, but yeah, we've had a great year so far. We're actually playing the first place team this weekend. Um, so that'll be a great game. Um, but yeah, the season's gone great so far. We've got like high hopes to get a really good playoff spot, either the first or second, um, and then we've got such a good team this year. Like we honestly could win it the whole thing. So it's really exciting That's to be a, a part feeling. of it. It feels really good. Like when you look at our team, the depth, the guys that like pick up the slack for guys that get hurt or whatever, like our team is really deep and really good. So, um, we do have this like all focus on the same thing, which is to win a championship, which is cool to be a part of. Do you feel like, that was something that was missing when you were in Memphis or did you have that there too? Oh yeah. No, my, my first year in Memphis, uh, was also a first year team, um, in the league and it was, it was not the same. There wasn't this 
good guys, good chemistry on the team, good, you know, just good individual guys. But we didn't have that like goal. We didn't have that like championship mentality. We didn't have like the training sessions we have every day here are like you go to war, like, you know, like it's intense. Um, but that intensity like makes us so prepared and, and ready for games that um, it's it's cool to be a part of. That's uh, yeah. That's I awesome. gotta get you out to a game, um, by the way. Dude, I know. I would love to yeah. come. It'd be a blast. Whenever your schedule's um, free, you gotta let me know. I wish I could. I wish I could come this weekend to see you guys play the number one yeah, team. It's be a cool I don't one. know if it's at home, but I'm gonna be out of town, unfortunately. But either way, I gotta get to one yeah. soon. I would. I would love to come. We still have a bunch of games, um, so just let me know. Sick. Yeah. You how long does the season Seattle? go? Uh, we used to go up to play um, the team in Tacoma, but they are now in a different league, so we do not go up to Seattle anymore now. Gotcha, yeah. Wh- how long does the season go? Uh, the, our last regular season game is um, sometime in October, and then playoffs will go to November. So we'll end around cool. mid-November, hopefully with a championship. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we like. That's the goal. Well, yeah, obviously good luck with the rest of the season. Would love to come to a game. Um, But, yeah, just, I mean, I know we're coming close to an hour here, but I have a few more questions I still want to ask. I I know we kind of talked about with, um, like, how surfing is a good outlet for you off the field. Um, But a huge thing that we like to talk about here on this podcast, too, is just, like, a balance of life. And I know you've hit on that, too. Um, So outside of soccer, Outside of surfing, like, is there anything else you like to do or any hobbies that you have, any, like, creative outlets or just other things you enjoy doing when you're not on the field or in season? Yeah. Um, wh- yeah. A-, a couple different things. You know, surfing is the number one. Um, I like to read. I'm not really a big video games guy like I used to be. Um, and just, like, from sitting down for that long, <laughs> I was like, I can't do it. So I kind of picked up reading, um, you know, like to be in nature, like go for hikes, um, anything to get outdoors, go camping. Uh, in San Diego, it's so amazing because we have so much that we can do every day, you know, restaurants, coffee shops, whatever. Um, so I'm always trying to explore, you know. What do you like to read? Um, I'm reading a crazy book called The Overstory right now. It's a Pulitzer Prize winner about trees, and it's super, super cool. Oh, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting book, but it's like so different from what I normally read, which is a lot of like memoirs. I like to read memoirs, um, anything kind of with a cool story, you know. You guys read Barbarian Days? Yeah. yeah, I love oh, that book. That's, that's a, a really good one. good one. If you want to like get the that's probably, travel itch, that's the book to read. <laughs> yeah, that's probably like the number one book to just get you stoked on like surfing and traveling. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's a good one. That's a fun read. What's yeah, one Kyle, fun, read that next time you're about to come down to San Diego. Oh, yeah, you'll yeah be I get fired up. Oh, you'll be fired up. Yeah. What's one thing that you've learned from the overstory? Um... Uh, geez well just like how connected the trees are like you know i watched the um the netflix documentary fantastic 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 right and that blew my mind about uh what goes on underneath the earth and how everything's sort of connected and learning these stories about trees that have been here for so long and how people used to think that they were like individuals like back in the day it was like no way that tree is connected to that tree. And in this story, it's so amazing, but it like shows how people's minds have changed to like understand that a tree system will warn its neighboring tree about a pesticide or about, you know, an airborne disease that could kill it. And it signals that to like the next tree. So they're all connected. It's just like really beautifully written and like opens your mind to sort of now I like look outside and I'm like, oh, I wonder like that tree if it's, con-. you know what I mean? Like, it's just a cool story. Yeah. That's cool. fascinating. Cool. I've actually, somebody told me about that book and I, I definitely put it on my list to read. So maybe you've inspired me to pick it up. I recommend highly. Yeah. I'm reading. We actually just, I was just learned. Listening. Go ahead. My bad. Oh, I was going to say, sorry, there's a bit of a delay here, but I was going to say we've actually, Kyle and I just learned that you, the, it's a more or I don't know. They said it was like better 
for your brain and better for overall intelligence to actually read something versus just listen to mm-hmm. it. And so Kyle and I are big back and forth on like I love I love to read. I I have a Kindle, but I also just love like physical mm-hmm. books. Like that's just my go-to for like learning or just like I like I just enjoy it too. But Kyle's a big audiobook guy, so I think you and I are going to be smarter than Kyle for the long run. Which is yeah, good. meats better than veggies. <laughs> meats better than veggies, and books are better than podcasts. Uh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually, I just listened, I was on a road trip the other day, I listened to six hours of this audiobook called Apocalypse Now by Michael Schellenberger. I've heard about this one. Apocalypse Never, my apologies. Apocalypse Apocalypse. Apocalypse Now is like that intense, like, movie, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, I think. Yeah. It's a play on that, so it's like, there's all these, uh, there's a lot of environmentalists and conservationists who are saying that we're in an existential crisis, the world's going to end in 10 years, there's kids now that are 10 years old that think they're going to die in six years, they're not going to make it to their 20s, because there's so much fear pumped into them, and he basically articulates the inverse of that, like why actually uh, carbon emissions are going down, Mm. we're becoming, the humans are becoming more efficient at producing food, so we're able to produce more food, less space, stuff like that, just a positive if you want, if you want positive a, a positive on look on the world, yeah, yeah, we need we need some more of that here. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yep, dude. Well, thank you for coming on the show. This has been fantastic. It's been a blast to talk to you and meet you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It was really fun. Are you on Instagram? Yeah, gonna... yeah. that was my question too. <laughs> I am on Instagram, <laughs> just uh, Morgan Hackworth. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, if uh, you want to support this podcast, you've enjoyed this one, you can go to areteadaptogens.com and plug in that promo code SYMPHONY. We got some new packaging on the products. Matthew, maybe talk a little bit about a couple updates on the business side of things, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, we went through a bit of a rebrand. The new jars look amazing. They're coming in this month. And then we're going to do our first production run that'll go inside those. So uh, I'm stoked. It feels like we got new uniforms for the products, <laughs> which I'm looks, sure more than you looks could probably awesome. empathize oh, dude, with. It looks, it looks so cool. New unis. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Thanks, man. I'm stoked. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we're just going to keep it moving. Yeah, I'm stoked for this next chapter, guys. And Morgan, good to have you on board. Yeah, man. thanks, guys. That was really fun.